All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. to Oilers Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. One hour straight hockey talk with Dan, Rick, Tyler, and Bag Milk starts now. Hello there, friends. Oilers Nation Radio episode 179. Bag Milk here with Dan, Rick, and Liam. We've got better Tyler sitting in today because he is still avoiding the grind because that's what he does. Right? Right. Good. Good. As we do every week, we're going to start off with our delicious debate. But before we get into the delicious debate this week, we have to provide some context. Yesterday, in case you missed it, I don't know how you would have, the Edmonton Oilers made a coaching change finally. 38 games left in the season. They're bringing up Jay Woodcroft and Dave Manson to replace Dave Tippett and Jim Playfair. So just before we get to the Oodle Noodle Delicious debate, I want to go around the horn real quick. Just get your first thoughts on the move. Rick, we've been talking about a coaching change for a while now. What do you think when you saw this yesterday morning? Uh, I guess it was kind of expected. I guess you didn't know, really know when it was, a, it was an if. Um, I'm just glad they went with with uh, with the guys that we kind of wanted. They had a succession plan they put into place a couple years ago, put Woodcroft down there with the intentions to grow him into the next head coach. Ran into an obstacle this season um, where they needed to uh, kind of replace their lame duck, lame duck head coach, and they stuck with the plan. Um, I'm happy to see it. I'm excited to see what he can bring to the team. And, uh, yeah, I'd just like to get all this negativity behind us. Dan, what do you think? You saw this first thing yesterday morning. I don't know how many of us thought that they were going to make a coaching change yesterday. I did not. But what was your thoughts? Well, that's exactly it, Bag Milk. You know, we've we've now had at least two press conferences where Ken Holland has claimed he's not making a coaching change um, in recent succession. And then he comes out and has a press conference about how he did make a coaching change. Uh, you know, for me, it's just, like Rick said, it's, you know, it's a chance at change. 
it's a it's a it's a move in the right direction to change it up and and hopefully get some results out of it but i don't think the work is done and so for me it's it's just step one in a in a long process here to get this team into a competitive position the big the big takeaway for me was what ken holland said like three or four times during that pod or during that gut feel thing not gut feel and not (laughs) the red wings but it's actually that ken holland recognizes and at least said it to the media that this is his mistake and this is his problem and he has to be the one to fix it or wear it around his neck. So yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, it's, it's a good move. It's a positive change. Now let's see it come to fruition on the ice. Liam, what were your first thoughts? Very shocked, to be honest. I didn't expect it to come when it did. But like you guys said, pretty necessary move to happen. Like, I mean, this team was brutal against Chicago. Mm-hmm. Besides the second period that you went to. Very good. But... You know, you have an easy-ish stretch and an important stretch, Islanders tonight, and then you have three Pacific Division opponents. Like, now I'll never really, but I, again, kind of shocked it happened when it did. Thought it should have happened a while ago. I thought it should have happened about a month ago also, Mm. so I was a little bit surprised for the timing. I thought that after the vote of confidence in January, which was on the 11th, that maybe we were just going to finish up the season with Dave Tippett behind the bench, you know? But as we've seen so often before in the NHL, when the GM gives you a vote of confidence, that also means you're very close to being fired. It would have been interesting to see how this team would have continued on if the All-Star break wasn't there. Yes. You know? Like, what, did they have five, six straight games with a point? Yeah, they're 5-0-1. Oh, yeah. Then you have, like, a what was it, 12, five six days? days. And then you come back and you have two terrible performances. Like, Because then you know you're on the all-star break. Yeah. Like, I'm just guessing. But you know the boys got after it. They allegedly, have, in my opinion. Allegedly, they Whoa. might have had done a couple of drinks. Allegedly. There's there's photographic evidence, you guys. Allegedly, like they, there's <laughs> photographic evidence. They, they, they were okay to... They're comfortable sharing that. And I like that they're okay with sharing that. But yes. Allegedly. When you come out of, when you come out of the block, <laughs> and this is now... This, we've had this conversation about Dave Tippett team... Dave Tippett Edmonton Oilers teams since he's gotten here is the starts of games and coming off of extended breaks every single time except for the start of this season. We've come off of any kind of a break over three or four days... We're always struggling to come out of the gates. And that's just, you can't keep having that. And that's why Ken Holland lost some sleep and then fired him at 7.30 in the morning with a text that he understands. He said, I wonder what that text said, you know? It was like, hey, you up? But like, it's one of those ones where you know exactly what it means. It's, <laughs> one of my buddies had a good joke yesterday. He's like, did the text at seven in the morning or whatever Ken Holland said, he said, hey, uh, bring some boxes when you come in. We got <laughs> we got a chat later. Moving day. Uh, so that brings us to the delicious debate. We needed to give a little context of what happened for our friends at Oodle Noodle, opening locations everywhere. The newest ones are at Aaron Ridge, Airdrie, and in Kingsway. If you were going to Nate, my former residence, if you will, my former school, my place of education and learning, pop on over to Kingsway. Go check out Oodle Noodle. Today's the delicious debate. This one comes from my friend Nation Dan. He came up with the idea which player will benefit the most from this coaching change? Which player will benefit the most from the coaching change? And then we're going to tag on the other side of the coin as well. Is there anyone that maybe doesn't benefit from having Jay Woodcroft and Dave Manson step up? Rick, I'm going to start with you, buddy. I think the answer is obvious when it comes to Woodcroft being in charge. It's uh, it's Tyler Benson. Um, 
first day here, Woody's here, and uh, and Benson's in the lineup. I know Cassian was kind of forced out, so you had to make a move either way. But uh, seeing Benson get that that that, that bump up, um, I also believe in the next week here if not tonight you'll see him do some uh, some penalty killing uh his last full year down in bakersfield him and uh, and woodcroft actually worked on his penalty kill he knew if he had to go if he wanted to come up and play in the nhl and he wasn't going to get a chance on the first power play line and that most likely wasn't going to happen here that he needed to be able to uh to kill pe- kill penalties as well so he was down there he was working on it and just another reason i'm happy the other coach is gone i don't think he gave the uh the younger kids, their their opportunities. I don't think you gave them enough time. You know, I've one game, a game and a half here and there that really doesn't do it for me. I want to see him get 10, 15 games in there. And I think uh, Benson's going to get his look and he's going to have whatever, 38 games here to prove that he's on the roster for next year. Liam, who do you think's got the biggest benefit? You covered the prospects for us at OethersNation.com. Who do you see as the one that's got the biggest window of opportunity here? I'll go with Cooper Marodi. Even though he's not in the lineup or even with the team right now, kind of seems like the pick where it's been like, okay, well, he's been Woodcross' number one center for the last, like, what is it now, two or three years, I think? Like, you'd have to imagine he gets a shot at some point here coming up. But I would say Marodi and then probably someone like Nima Linen, too, would probably be a good one with Dave Manson to throw his name out there as well. Dan, who you got? Yeah, I think that Liam, you you kind of you touched on where I'm going with it. In my mind, I think the best, the player that's going to benefit the most from having a Jay Woodcroft, Dave Manson combination is going to be Evan Bouchard. He's got the skill and the ability to to take it and run with it. But I think that those guys are going to give him the puck more often on that power play quarterbacking position. I don't think you're going to see them giving Tyson Berry the same leash that the previous regime did. So uh, for me, it's it's an Evan Bouchard, but I like the idea. And, and I think we're all seeing it here now. The youth movement is going to get a little bit more of a push. And those guys are all going to have an opportunity to, to show what they've got. You know, it, there's not a wrong answer with Benson. There's not a wrong answer with Nima Line, And there's not a wrong answer with Bouchard. But I, I just it's exciting for a lot of young guys in the youth movement. Uh, just to be different, I guess, because I think you guys all have really good answers. Benson is one that's obvious. What about a guy like Brendan Perlini? He scores four goals in his last six, and then he's a healthy scratch for some reason. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know if that would fit in there. But what about Stuart Skinner? Yeah. This is a guy who played very well for the Condors, especially over his last six, eight games or whatever it was. I think that... Jay Woodcroft is a guy that knows him well, has coached him for a long time, and maybe he might get more opportunity to run with the net while the Oilers are struggling at that position. I have one more. Yeah, I got something about Bouchard here that's probably not going to be very popular, but I think he needs to kind of they need to ease up on his minutes a little bit. I here. agree, and I'm good with I'm good with giving him some extra some like I get why they're why they're playing Barry right now. He's he's at the whatever 65, 70 game mark. He's never played this many games in mm-hmm. a season before, especially at this level. Um, this time last year, he was kind of hanging out and skating with the Black Aces for four or five months of the season, and then had the summer off. Um, I think you're starting to see a bit of a of a down kick in his game because he's it's he's a rookie man. He's he's just kind of hitting his his wall a bit here. I think you need to kind of take away a lot, uh, you know, a bunch of his five on five minutes, especially if you want to keep him out there on the power play that much. Um, I think he's just kind of getting overplayed and a little bit tired right now. And uh, I literally, yeah, I look at this lineup right now, and I'd probably be playing CC up with Nurse and, and trying to give Bush uh, some. Some relaxed minutes, five on five. I think he's just—he's getting tired, and he's—he's he's at a point right where you gotta like 
got to take a little bit off his plate. Just to tag on to what Rick's saying about Evan Bouchard, this is, again, this is a rookie. Despite the fact that he looks 45 years old, <laughs> the reality is that he still hasn't played a full NHL season under his or doesn't have one under his belt. So looking at what Rick said, Against Calgary on the 22nd, 24 minutes, 26-54 against Vancouver, 23-57 against Nashville, 22-55 against Montreal, 26-44 against Ottawa, 24-18 against Washington, 24-47 against Vegas, and finally 20-53 against Chicago. So he is playing a ton of minutes. For me, if I'm going to just follow Rick's train of thought here, give him the power play time. That's where he's going to shine on. That's where he's successful or can be successful and then limit his minutes at five on five because he's going to make mistakes, which is what you should expect from a rookie defenseman. Uh, Liam, I know you had one more choice that you wanted to add in as a guy who could benefit. Yeah. How about Jesse Pugliavi? Yeah, probably. Already boosted to the first line tonight. Granted, injuries came with it, but I didn't even realize just looking at the last game, the only forwards who had fewer shifts than him were Devin Shaw, Derek Ryan, and obviously Zach Cassian. And how does that make any sense? That's the coach. That's the coach. That's why I wanted to get this guy out of here for so long. I know he's, I know he's struggling offensively right now, but that puck goes in the corner. He's the first one there. He can take three steps off the bench and still reach in the corner. He's got his reaches so long. He does so many things that are not goal scoring. I get why they're trying to like shift him around and trying to find him a spot where he can pop a couple. Um, But he has so much other stuff than scoring that uh, I don't think the other coach was, um, uh, understood it or, you know, valued it the same way I do. I agree. I think, I think that's a really good pick by Liam that yes, Pugliarvi again, got thrown up onto the first line day one of the Woodcroft era. He's playing fine defensively, by the way, mm-hmm. just because he's not scoring doesn't mean he's not contributing on the ice. And I guess it's a little bit weird for me to see how limited his minutes were. I, and it's only his technically a second season too, right? If we ignore all that stuff before his hip surgery, Last year was his first year because the Chicago year he wasn't here. He was in Finland. He's only played so he more lost than it. 15 minutes. The last time he played more than 15 minutes in a game was Nashville, which was what? Yeah, five, man. This is a young kid. He's got to let him find his game. Let him play out of it. I think for me, it's when it, when you bring in coaches from the AHL, I always just look at them and think of them as guys that are are more in tune with the players because because they, they don't have the same level of um, – you know, statistical and video analysis in the AHL. The reality is some of those AHL teams still don't have cameras in their arenas. <laughs> a lot of them look like they're filmed with a fucking Blackberry right? bold, you know? <laughs> and so, so you're not getting the same amount of information unless you're traveling with the team all the time. And that I think is where an AHL coach has more of that access to the player. And so when I think of Manson and you guys talked about Bouchard and Puyarvi is the same thing. I think of Manson and I think of Woodcroft. I think of guys that are more in tune with everybody and it's not just the vets like we saw with Tippett, you know, and, and I'm not saying that Tippett didn't interact with those other guys because I don't know that, but the playing time, as we're pointing out here, shows that he trusted veterans over these kids, and I don't think that's going to be the case for Woodcroft and Manson, and that's why I kind of think that a Bouchard will still have, I, while I agree, I think they're going to make adjustments to his playing time, I think he will excel with that. It doesn't make any sense to me why Devin Shore is playing more than Yes Pugliari. No. You know, there's just no, like, I get the penalty killing angle and all that shit, like, I get it, but like... Yeah, we better have 34 penalties in a game, man. That's the exact point there. It's like, okay, how many penalties is the guy really killing here? Uh, all right, so that's the delicious debate for our friends at Oodle Noodle. You can order, of course, through DoorDash. Ding dong. Don't want to leave your house? Don't want to put pants on? DoorDash. 
pretty sure that's the official official slogan, but don't quote me on that. Uh, the other side of the debate that I want to touch on before we move on is, are there any players that are going to have the opposite effect with Woodcroft and Manson now behind the bench? Is there anybody like a Devin Shore that he's going to go, ah, shit, I guess I'm not going to play as much probably under these two. Anybody you can think of, Rick? I don't think it's Devin Shore, but I will say um, there's a veteran who is in Bakersfield that people thought they assumed to get called up yesterday in uh, Slater Cuckoo, and I don't see him getting any opportunities playing over the young kids in that third spot. So, um, yeah, I think Cuckoo, his his time up here is uh, is probably done. Old Willie Legs getting in a tussle with Tim Stutzla, and now he's been in the lineup ever since. Liam, you got a guy who you think that may get the other side of the coin, maybe not as much opportunity under these two? I think it's kind of difficult to say right now because we don't know how they played, how they're going to play, right? Like, but saying that, like, a lot of the veterans who are in Bakersfield, it's obviously a little different because they're playing as top six forwards, kind of mm-hmm. do well, did well under Jay Wardcroft, like Griffith, Malone, Cracknell. I'm not saying we any of those guys are going to Olympian Adam Cracknell. There you go. <laughs> um, uh, it'll be interesting to see. I guess I'll just go with someone like just because he wasn't in the lineup. Like maybe it is like a Perlini or like a Derek Ryan or someone like that, just because of the rotation of the youth. Like we're assuming is going to happen. Dan, I would argue that Kyle Turris has played his last game in an Edmonton Oilers jersey. Lyle Turris is upset. Um, but but my answer would be, I, I just can't decide. I've been wiffle waffling the entire time. It's one of the goalies. One of our. St- two former starting goalies to me and I don't know if it's not going to be Koskinen that is the one that's kind of disadvantaged and just shipped out for for something but there has to be to me it has to be a goalie that's disadvantaged here because I do believe that Skinner is going to get more of an opportunity I think it's Mike Smith honestly I wonder if Mike Smith can just go to Jay Woodcroft and be like I'm in net today and he's just like okay sir kind of like the way that happened against Chicago I do, you know what, man? I think they I think they still see um, Mike Smith as, I agree. as their number one. I think I think Skinner's going to get a lot more playing time where um, Tippett just didn't play him like in a back to back. I understood the philosophy of why they were playing um, Mike Smith. I didn't really agree with it, but I understood what their thought mindset was behind it. Um, but yeah, I think you're gonna you're gonna still see Mike Smith as your number one, and then Skinner will be your backup. And he will get a little more playing time than um, than than Tippett would have given him, or given that that role, anyways. Rick, what was the mindset you thought as to why they played Mike Smith in the second game? Uh, you need to get him. You need to get him up and uh, up and running as as quick as possible. And uh, yeah. and I get it. There's you know the the back to back goalie uh, goaltending thing, but you're playing a lesser team against Chicago. You expect that you're. Uh, your front 18 players to play a hell of a lot better. Yep. I mean, I'm not putting that whole game on Mike Smith at all. I know the first two shots went in, whatever, but uh, there's no chance the Oilers should have only got one goal against the Chicago Blackhawks. It's just fascinating to me, and you're not wrong, Rick. It's the whole he, team that was broken. Like, they're it, making yeah. – the forwards are at the far blue line while the defensemen are yeah. trying to make a breakout passes. Well, that's damn near impossible. He, he didn't say – You he know, didn't the defensemen are doing, a little, are doing a little too much. They're making mistakes. Everybody's making mistakes out there. Yeah. Nobody's working together, and that's yes. why I thought that the, the, that's where your coach needs to bring you together. It also didn't help that down at the other end of the ice, Mark andre Fleury was standing on his fucking head, mm-hmm. you know? We and we still a, hit three or four posts again. That's like yep, seven or eight yeah. posts in two games right now. This is yep. ridiculous. We do make – Hall of Fame goaltenders look like Hall of Fame goaltenders. <laughs> or even non-Hall of Fame goaltenders look like fucking like Laurent Brassois. Well, that <laughs> was a game, like but a man. shutout. Like, well, 
That was the funniest thing when I, because I, when Tippett got fired, I brought up the fact that Dustin Schwartz has now outlasted five head coaches in his tenure as the goalie coach since 2014. Uh, and a lot of people said, yeah, look at all the all-stars he made or that, that have left the team since and become all-stars. And they listed Dubnik and Talbot. And then a couple people tried to list Brassois because he <laughs> shut us out the day before. But it's just, I, I get it. You know what I mean? I, I understand that, that some goalies have left the system and done well. But anyways, I was just qu- asking a question. That's the players in front of them. Those guys should have been starters here, but they had weak defense in front of them. And everybody pointed the fingers at the goaltender instead. I think it's both. You know, I think that the Oilers need to tighten up defensively. There's no doubt about it, but they also need a goalie that can fucking give them a save every now and then. Well, mm-hmm. and adjustments. It's it's the, we get defeated the same way. Koskinen gets beat the same way, and it just doesn't feel like adjustments are being made. And yes, you're right, Rick. It's not just Koskinen, but, you know, even as a team, why aren't you making a stylistic change to help Koskinen out so he's not getting because shot the coach, out of the Because the coach was too rigid and didn't yeah. want to, like, it wasn't flexible and didn't make any changes, did not adapt at all. And that's why we are where we are. And that's hopefully that's what we're going to get, see something uh, different out of a, a younger, hungrier coach in, in Woodcroft. I'm very intrigued to see how this goes, what kind of adjustments they make, what kind of style adjustments they make, what kind of defensive adjustments they make. Uh, just before we get to that, I want to ask you guys your expectations on what you think you'd like to see from Jay Woodcroft and Dave Manson. Obviously, this is the first game tonight against the Islanders. We don't know the answers, so we're just guessing. One interesting thing, though, we're talking about guys that duck to the axe. How about our boy old Glenn Gullitson? He was here with Todd McClellan in the rebuilt coaching staff. Ducked that one. Okay, good. No problem. Here with Hitch. Ducked that one. Two and a half years with Tip. Our boy is still here. Our boy wow. is still here. Does that make it feel Hitch like is- he's he's the heir apparent perhaps as well? Like he's in the conversation? I think, the that they, I think that they did it because they if, if Jay Woodcroft is a guy who they don't have experience, blah, 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 even though he's been on an NHL bench for a long time. Um, he's been on the Oilers bench. He's been on the Oilers mm-hmm. bench for a long time. He was obviously an assistant coach in San Jose for a long time. He was a video coach, as was pointed out yesterday by Con Holland in Detroit back in 2005. So this guy's gotten his at-bats, but what you do have there in Glenn Gullitson is a guy who has been a head coach before in Calgary and in Dallas. So he knows the team, knows the system. So maybe that's just, we're going to bring up the young guy, but we're going to also give you an experienced associate coach, assistant coach, whatever you want right beside him. I like that. And also the players know he can throw a stick into the top of the upper bowl. Sometimes so you got to check him. Fair. No, no, it was Gulliton for sure. Yeah, Gulliton. He hurled it from center. Oh, he, he was. Oh, he was the one in Calgary. Yeah, Playfair he was mad the one who ripped players. his clothes off. Yeah, Playfair. Playfair stripped when he got and home yesterday. Allegedly, in my opinion, also <laughs> just like that. Abbotsford, I believe, for the Heat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So now we got two new coaches in. Jay Woodcroft, Dave Manson. Again, we don't have any answers on what this is going to look like because they get the first game tonight. But what do you hope? to see change in their in in the style of play the Oilers play or in the defensive zone or just even pick one item you hope that they solve these two guys with some new ideas Dan more shots than minutes in the first 10 minutes that's I I just want to see I just want to see this team come out and go gangbusters on them and show that they can put the effort out there in that first period and make their own luck and make their own fate I'll jump in next because I agree I'd love to see more shots in the shoot first mentality but if you're going to do that, you need guys crashing the crease to pick up garbage. You need to get greasy. The Oilers do not get greasy. They don't play ugly hockey. They don't get ugly goals often. If there's one thing that I think will help them score more goals, it is rushing to the slot. I think they're missing that right now. Liam, what would you like to see change? 
um, them not concede the first goal of the game. How dare you? I know. Sorry, I know everyone loves that little streak they've got going on, but I don't. And <laughs> it's time it changes. And Do you think Dave, uh, Jay Woodcroft this morning was it, walked into the room? He's like, boys, have you considered scoring first? I think that's the first thing he said. I actually heard it was allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> Rick, what do you think? Was there one thing on your wish list you'd love to see change? I just want to see him um, instill a, a, a game where they play as a five-man unit. They do it very tight in their own end. Uh, they come out that way. They play that end that that way in the in the offensive end. We've seen it before when they play that tight five-man style. They're a very very good team. I still believe this roster is a lot better than a lot of people assume that it is. Um, so if I think they get back to that that tight five-man uh, game within the uh, with all three zones, you'll see a big difference in this squad. Going to be interesting. First game tonight, new era. Jay Woodcroft and Dave Manson. I also like the move because it's not like these guys don't know the players. You know, Jay Woodcroft has coached a lot of them either at the AHL level or the NHL level. There's going to be some familiarity there. So I'm excited about it. If you're listening to this podcast right now, you've figured out but if you get it into your ears before the game starts tonight it's friday at two o'clock as we're as we're talking about this i'd love to know your thoughts or even after the game what do you hope to see from jay woodcroft and dave manson as they come in and try and change things a little bit got to give a shout out to our friends at cornerstone insurance as you do as it turns out jay woodcroft dave manson they were the insurance policy see what i did there right for, four, uh, for 90 years and four generations, our friends at Cornerstone have been a family and employee-owned business here in Edmonton. They've got all the insurance products you could need or you could ever need to be covered, auto, residential, commercial, life insurance, whatever you want, whatever you want. They are there for you. Cornerstoneins.ca. Again, that is cornerstoneins.ca. Before we move on to the next topic here, I also want to ask people, if you're listening to this, spend some time checking out Jay Woodcroft's press availabilities with the Condors. This is a guy who always puts the team first. He doesn't single anybody out. And one thing that I'm thinking, the Oilers are a little bit fragile right now. They've lost a lot of games. Maybe they need a softer touch. Maybe they need a guy who will jump in front of the bullets for them a little bit. And I think Jay Woodcroft is going to do that. So I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Other news that I want to get to. Yesterday, Ken Holland announced Zach Cassian out four to eight weeks with a broken jaw, fractured jaw. Duncan Keith out two to four weeks. He is in concussion protocol after he got switched off against Chicago. That was a scary one. Mm. You don't ever want to see a guy fucking with the lights go out like that on the ice. That was a rough one. So with that, I guess the Oilers have accrued a little bit of cap space. Maybe that gives us a little bit of wiggle room to try and get something done here over the next well, we got a month, just over a month until the trade deadline. I wanted to say that when we were talking about Mike Smith. Like, I wonder if he'll just be gone. Like, I wonder if somehow they can get a goalie with, what would it be? Like, because you'll likely just get Cassian's cap, right? Because he could be done for the season. He could be, yeah. So that's like three, 3.2. He will be our Kucherov. Like, You'll see. Yes. Same, same. It's ten. It's ten. It's ten weeks till the end of the season, though. I did this count yeah. yesterday. If he's out eight, there's still two weeks that we got to. Uh, so if he's out eight, you know, you know, it's ten. ten. <laughs> well, maybe they just delay. Well, that's what I mean. If we can get you it, if we can stretch ten. it to ten, I'm in. Yeah. According to Puckpedia, we now have eight point eight million <laughs> dollars in cap Spend. Ex- in extended cap space Spend. available to us as long as Cassian stays on the LRTR. Well, it's like Rick and, said it. If it's 10 weeks, you know, who else is going to be there though is most likely Turris. If Turris has played his last game, I can see this back injury 
sticking around the whole year. So he gets his NHL money and he gets to hang out with his family. And uh, and we get that cap space too. This just reminds me of I don't, I'm changing gears here, but it reminds me yesterday they were doing the uh, the draft for the NBA All Star game, and when it came to James Harden, they're like LeBron James is like, isn't he hurt? Like, can he even play? And then Charles Barkley's like, he just got traded. I don't think he's hurt anymore. It's just one of those things. So happens in every league. Will Cassian be out four to eight to potentially ten weeks? We shall see. Depends what kind of trades happen. If it's anyway. really interesting, man. If if they can if they can somehow get his, his contract out of here for the rest of the season, dude, shit can happen all of a sudden. Yes, yes. Who who's it going to be though? I guess to go Rasulevsky. off in a different direction. Well, so I don't know, but sal- salary cap's <laughs> not a worry anymore. So we're talking about it. Yesterday, Elliot Friedman said the Oilers offered a fifth round pick to Philly for Martin Jones. Womp womp. And they also five uh, holes. Yeah, like that's my greatest moment in my Oilers <laughs> Nation career is at a twenty seventeen playoff game. The entire crowd started chanting five hole, which was something that I pitched earlier that day on the website. It's, I've never been more proud. They also kicked <laughs> well tires on Jonas Corposalo. Apparently the cost of acquisition on that one is a couple of picks. I think if you're going to go for a goalie, don't you want one that has better stats than the ones you currently have? I mean, I think that's generally the play you'd want to do. Well, I don't know. I think he was, he's just taking a stab at the dark at that point. There's only a fifth round pick, right? I mean, what are you losing at that point? Maybe you can catch a little bit of fire. I think that just, that's just uh, admitted that it's going to be tough to find anybody better. It's going to be interesting. We've got, like I said, a month and change until the trade deadline and there are holes in this roster. Maybe though they filled one by signing Dan's boy, Brad Malone to a one year, two way contract yesterday. I was curious as soon as the Woodcroft news came out, which players he was going to want to bring with him. And Malone is, if I'm not mistaken, that's the captain down in Bakersfield. Mm -hmm. I think so. Yeah. Correct. He, where do you put him though? Anywhere. He is a utility knife. <laughs> he can play on the top you can't line. Put him anywhere. He can play on which, the top which? line center position if you need who him. You, who you pick? Who are you pulling on the line? David. Well, I wonder, like, <laughs> if we're being honest about it, I wonder if this is like the conversation we had before with a guy like Devin Shore. If Jay Woodcroft will trust one of his own guys and Brad Malone more than he would a guy like Devin Shore. All jokes aside, has Devin Shore been that bad in like the last? I'm three just throwing months? it out there as an option. You asked who I comes out. I understand that, but all jokes aside. Honestly, he, he is, I yeah. think, at least from what I've seen and what I've heard about him as a player, and the reason that I enjoy him is because he's he's just a, a guy that just gets in there, and he's he is your utility knife. And and I, okay, I joked about him on the top. Okay, but you still have to take Who are you taking out of today, today's lineup for him? Uh, Kyle Turris, or out of today's lineup, Devin He's Shore. not in the lineup. Devin Shore. Sorry? Devin Shore. I'm taking Devin Shore out, and then you have a Bakersfield line. Let's, let's look at the lineup today, and then we can all kind of adjust, because if Brad Malone is going to be part of the plans, you do need to bring somebody out. So today, these are the first lines under the Jay Woodcroft era. Your first line, and by the way, I, pr- I like these lines at first glance as well. First line, you got Hyman McDavid Pugliarvi. Our boy gets bumped up to the first line again. First night with Jay Woodcroft. I like that. Second line, you've got Kane, Drysidle, Yamamoto. I like that too because Kane and Drysidle are two big boys. Tough to handle. Yamamoto's a little buzzsaw out there. Maybe you can find some space. Loosen Fishing up some pucks. pucks yep. Third line, you got Fogel, Nuge, and Derek Ryan. I don't especially like that one. <laughs> I, I, I don't think it's awful. I just, I would like to see an upgrade on that right wing side. I think, I think Ryan, that's fair. Ryan's probably just for face-offs though, right? I would guess. 
We'll see, right? Uh, yeah. Definitely, yeah, definitely both sides. And then they're going to be able to play against the, uh, well, supposedly they're going to be able to play against the better, the, the other team's better line. The only thing I don't really like about it is I thought Nuge and Hyman are developing some really nice chemistry. So having those two play together made sense to me. Fourth line, we got our boy Benson is back in the lineup. McLeod and Shore. So there would be your opportunity somewhere in there to fit in a Brad Malone. Where does he go? McLeod's not coming out. You know that. Benson, I think he's got an opportunity to earn more time here. He's one of the only players that's trying to reinvent himself, be a pest. Love to see it. I don't know. Your defensive pairings tonight are Darnell Nurse and Evan Bouchard, Willie Legs and Cody Cece, Nimalainen and Barry round things out. Mike Smith gets a third straight start. How's everybody feeling about the Lions first night for Jay Woodcroft? I don't know if there was really any other options, right? Like Perlini would be the only one. Maybe you would put in on the Ryan instead of in that Ryan line. Maybe, but then again, like Shaw's played well. I don't know. Like I don't know what else you could have really changed. Not a whole lot. Yeah, that's the only thing I could, The only thing I can see is is putting Perlini on that uh, third line right wing spot. Um, yeah, other than that, I'm kind of okay with what we have right now. I also look. I also like a guy like Brad Malone because he can. He doesn't have to be in your lineup every night, and you're not you're not affecting his ego or anything. Like Kyle Turris, I'm sure it's eaten away at him that he can't play games every night. Devin Shore, these guys have had NHL careers, and now they're on the backslide, and they want to be. In I there guarantee it eats away at every single pro athlete. Of course it does. If, they, if they're healthy, if they're healthy. Scratch. Of course, but but the old like, NHL money helps a little bit, though. You know, <laughs> a guy like Brad Malone, though, he's going to be happy to get his opportunity to come in the lineup and. And he accepts that he comes out of it again because there's guys that are better than him on that lineup. We'll see. Jay Woodcroft, it's night one. So we're just going to wrap it up here really quickly. Tonight they're playing the New York Islanders. I see this as a winnable game for the Oilers. I see it as a game where you get that that bounce from a fresh coach behind there. I'm calling a big 4-2 win for the Oilers. I'm always on brand. Rick, what are you thinking? Uh, I'm trying to manifest a win tonight by wearing the uh, the little Bomba hoodie before the game even starts. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I see us pulling them off tonight. And uh, what kind of score do we have? You know what? Let's get hot for the new coach. Let's go six two. Liam, five one Oilers. I like that. Nation dead. Oh, four four three Oilers. Keeping her, keeping her close, but ultimately victorious. All four of us calling for an Oilers win tonight. Let's be fair to this conversation now. We're all excited about Jay Woodcroft and having a new voice. Does anybody have any concerns about this new coaching duo that we brought up? Is there anybody at all? They've got some veterans Not on. Not really. There. I just, I just, I just don't see how it can be. Um, I, I don't see how he can be worse or more conservative or more scared to uh, take chances than the old regime. Um, he, he's kind of uh, birthed is the wrong word, but he's kind of grown with a lot of these guys here. Yep. He knows mm-hmm. what it's like to take guys who are just starting in their professional careers and helping them through, you know, all the little things here and there that you kind of, uh, you kind of go through. So I think you have a bit of a nurturer in this guy and I think he'll be able to figure out, um, what it takes to, uh, to get these guys going. They're a little bit younger than what tips usually used to dealing with. And I think it takes, um, if the older guy isn't going to uh, sit there and understand that the youth needs to be talked to and dealt with differently, then you need somebody else who's willing to do that. And I don't think tip really bought into that. So here's the new guy and I believe he can do it. And who doesn't love a guy with a nickname Woody, you know, <laughs> my, uh, my concern I think would be that, this goaltending continues to be an issue for them that they can't overcome or that the defense continues to be an issue or that the starts continue to be an issue because at the end of the day, you know, 
Jake can come in with all the positive messages and Dave can have them ready to go with smelling salts baths for them before they go out and they st- the team still doesn't do it. But yeah, you're right, Rick. Like the, the opportunity is there now. I, I just, I'm afraid that, you know, it's just the same old, same old tonight and we let in two softies early and this team gets deflated again. But we'll see what, uh, we'll see what old Jay can do with that kind of a mentality if it does happen. I, he can only do so much, really, at the end of the day. He can come up with tactics. He can he can give positive messaging. He can do only so much. But ultimately, uh, I think, and that's what Ken Holland was getting at yesterday, ultimately it's at it's on the guys in the in the dressing room. I think but the it, coach has a lot. The coach can do a lot of stuff that's, yep. uh, that, that, that the other regime was not doing. Well, and it just goes to, yeah, like we've talked about this too, Rick. It's You also got a guy who you know – you fucking know Jay Woodcroft really wants to be here. They couldn't yep, even get Dave hungry. Tippett to engage in contract extension negotiations. And while that's not the be all end all, by no means is that like a smoking gun or anything. It is that's scary. It is something to talk about with a guy who, you know, the last year of his deal. And he said, let's not even talk about it. Dude, I think that might be one of the worst things that that Holland did this season was come into the into into this season, one of the most important years the Oilers have had, at least in this generation. Um, and he came into it with a with a lame duck coach. That's not that's not smart. Well, and it's like it's it's a matter of do you actually want to be here? Are you going to give it your two thousand percent effort every single night? That's and- what you that's what you need out of a coach. And uh, and, and I don't think Tip really ever really totally bought in we'll see i think an interesting angle on it too is kind of i'm not comparing the oilers to the tampa bay lightning but you heard it here liam comparing (laughs) directly the edmonton oilers to the tampa bay lightning go ahead yeah zach cassian is kucherov yes well soon to be yes john cooper came in halfway through that season like it wasn't at the lockout year he came in 2013 something like that it was kind of similar like they had a lot of high-end stars kind of on the next wave to get into their prime, like Hedman, Stamkos, I think Marty St. Louis. They had terrible goaltending that year. I think Ben Bishop was just kind of getting into it a little bit. And then he just brought up, gradually brought up all these AHL guys. And then they became the Tampa Bay Lightning that we know now. And now they're one of the most dominant teams. Like, if the Oilers actually give him some time past this season as well, like, maybe this is kind of like, could be a similar kind of idea. Because now the Oilers actually have people in Bakersfield that can come up and play for the Oilers soon. Like, maybe not this season fully. Next but like, year, maybe, yeah. Yeah, like Holloway probably we'll see this year. But then you have, like, Brobergs down there, too. Like, there's so many guys. That are, and the goaltending, like, Konovalov, like, how far away is he? Like, he's doing pretty well right now in Bakersfield. Is Skinner and Konovalov a good duo next year? Probably not. Seems a bit bold to go with two rookie goalies, but maybe you have one. And Mike sure. Smith. Mm-hmm. Mike Smith again. And maybe Look, player coach Michael. Mike Smith. Yes. Yeah. Goalie coach. Yeah. <laughs> and the captain takes it away from Connor. <laughs> you need somebody who's a battler in there. That's what you get. Give him the C on his helmet like they did with Luongo. <laughs> Works great. <laughs> uh, don't mind me. I'm just vamping while I post the GDP mid podcast here. Go check that out. Oilersnation.com. Jason Greger has got it up. He's got your preview set. All right. I've got some questions here for our friends at 
Buster's Pizza, it is time for Ask the Idiots. We have got some questions that got submitted to me. The boys have not seen these yet as per tradition, so I'm going to get their first takes. But first, I got to tell you about Buster's Pizza. They've got a location near you, whether you want a pizza or a delicious donair, whatever you need, whatever you want. They've got a location near you, I promise. Busterspizza.ca, find one, go there, fuel up. Pretty sure that's their official slogan. <laughs> Go there and you'll love them. <laughs> Don't quote me on that. All right. Ask the idiots. First question up. Liam, I'm going to start with you because you're new Tyler today. Uh-oh. What are reasonable expectations for Jay Woodcroft and the Oilers for the remainder of the season? Make the playoffs. Like that should be the, the number one goal of this team should be make the playoffs. The division sucks. They have to start winning games with the two best players in the world. I'm make the postseason. And honestly, they should probably they should probably finish as a top two team. Maybe that's a bit of a bold one, but they, it's lofty. Sh- they should be better than Calgary or Vegas, who Vegas seem to just get a new player injured every week. So there's there you go. Make the playoffs. Actually, uh, since you brought up Vegas over at dailyfaceoff.com, I'm doing some editing over there for the next little bit. Chris Gear um, has a very interesting article up about how it's time for the NHL to revisit the, the LTIR situation. Because when you talk about Vegas, Mark Stone going on LTIR mm-hmm. could be Just enough for them. days before Jack I- or after Jack Eichel started skating. And that's what Chris Gear is getting to. It's like, okay, well, Mark Stone is going to be out. Is he, are they just going to couture off him until the end of the year? And now you've got Jack Eichel and you don't have to clear the cap space needed to do it. Anyway, it's an interesting article over there. Um, Rick, Back to Ask the Idiots. What are reasonable expectations for Jay Woodcroft and the Oilers for the remaining of the, remainder of the season? I don't care who the coach is. My expectations for this team are still the same, and I still expect them to win this division. It's not out of question yet. Um, they kind of have to win their game, their makeup games, and they're right back in there. Uh, I don't think uh, when this team plays as well as they can that uh, anybody else is that much better than them. So I would still say I expect them to uh, to push for the division, and uh, I still want to win it. And like like Liam said earlier in the podcast, next week you've got some opportunities to make up that ground as well. You've got San Jose Monday, LA Tuesday, Anaheim on Thursday. Nation Dan, expectations for the Jay Woodcroft and the Oilers for the rest of the year? Well, I think that everybody at this on this podcast and most people I think would agree that this team has more work to do than just a coaching change. So for me, if, if the only move is going to be Jay Woodcroft and Dave Manson, and then this is the roster that they have to work with, I'm going to say the goal would be to finish third in your division because then you just make the playoffs and you see what happens from that point on. But I believe that there's more changes to come. So I would agree with tend to agree with you guys that winning the Pacific should still be the goal. But at this right at this moment, I'd be happy with third at least in the Pacific division. Uh, for me, just to wrap it up, I'll say winning the division should be the goal. Set your goals high. Don't set them mediocre. Nobody wants your mediocre fucking goals. But expectations is playoffs are bust. If they don't make the playoffs this year, shit is going to roll. And I don't even want to talk about it, so we're not going to. Next question. Ask the idiots. Nation Dan, you're up first. Since Holland loves trading with Detroit, is there a player you would love to see on the Oilers roster? For me, it's Sam Gagne. Yeah, I mean, I love Sam Gagne. Uh, obviously, I'd go with a Mo Cedar if I'm if I'm just gonna pick a player at, at random. Off sure, why not? Red Fuck but uh, yeah, I mean, Sam Gagne is a far more attainable player than a Mo Cedar would be. I just, again, that kind of goes to where do you put him? You know, I love I love Sam Gagne. He should be within the organization for sure. But 
yeah, we'll see. Uh, Liam, you got a player on the Red Wings you'd love to have? Just kind of looking at maybe some realistic ones. What are you saying? Mo Cedar isn't Liam? Well, maybe Lucas Raymond then. Why not both? Oh, You're going to have one go. two for one. Maybe Just they'll take throw Kyle in Dylan Larkin too. Um, what about Thomas Grice? Like, he's not bad when he's actually on a good team. He's kind of an expiring contract. Maybe if they can keep half. Like, is it an upgrade, though? Like, I'll say I'll say him all for the fun of it. Maybe even, like, a Nicoletti. I don't mind him either. I actually kind of think that that Thomas Grice pick is, like, a sneaky good one just because I believe that this market is not going to be good enough for Ken Holland to be able to make a deal that wouldn't just be somebody like a Grice where you're just hoping for the hope. Anybody like on uh, the Red Wings, Rick? I think number one would probably be Cider as well, but uh, just to upset a couple of people, and I kind of like the way he plays, maybe not uh, the way he thinks about this world today, but Tyler Bertuzzi would probably look pretty good on this roster as well. Oh, 100%. Yeah, the problem with him is he'd have to miss half the games. <laughs> well, like I said, yeah. All the whole yeah, games just, or, yeah. <laughs> uh, I kind of like how upset he'd make some people. So. He certainly would if you could find him. <laughs> he wouldn't be in Edmonton. He'd be waiting down south. No. <laughs> He'd be waiting he at just, the border for the plane just, to come over. He flies. No, to he just had to stay here the whole time. Like you got a game against Vegas in a week. So Tyler, you head to Vegas, and we'll see you in a week. Like, no, no, no. He can go down there and play. So when he comes back, yes, yeah. that's kind of oh, like exactly. Ovechkin couldn't go play out in Montreal because he had to wait a certain amount of time. So he's just sticking at home. Or why uh, Conklin's not going to? Uh, or Conklin? Costco. Why Koskinen's not going on the on the LA road trip here? Because he just had it, so he didn't have to make him wait 10, 10, 11 days to get back in the country. So he's staying here. Uh, I'd like to see more depth on the team. So. You know, you guys all picked good ones. I'd love Marie Sider too, but there's no way it happens. So maybe a guy like Robbie Fabry, add a little bit more depth mm. of a guy who can who can chip in a little bit of offense. I don't think it's a perfect pick by any means, but I think it's more realistic. Um, if we're if we're just blindly stabbing at the Red Wings <laughs> and and stealing their players. Uh, question just number three. Borrowing them for a year. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. We'll give them back. They don't need them. They're not doing anything with them. Nah. Steve Eisman loves it. Uh, next question. Ask the idiots, Rick. I'm starting with you. Oh, this is a perfect question for you, pal. What is Go. the best snack and alcohol beverage combo while you're watching a game at home? Uh, beverage, that's easy. That's just beer. Um, anything in a can, I guess. Those uh, the seltzers and whatever, they're pretty good too. So uh, anything that's in a can, it's nice and easy. You're not getting your, you don't have to you know run to the to the kitchen and prepare anything. You just grab it out of the fridge. Are you not making, you're not whipping up a Cosmo between plays. Yeah, not 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 enough time doing that. Snacks, though, you know what? It all depends. If you're looking at like uh, you've eaten recently, so you're just snacking away. Something some like Doritos are always good. Uh, I was just in Mexico, and there's a certain thing you can get there you can't get in Canada, and they're Fritos, uh, honey barbecue twists. Oh, that's these awesome. things. I'm telling boys, I'm telling you, I take my my uh, my carry on. I make sure it's empty on the way back. I get four or five bags every time. Uh, Liam. And I've, I have emailed these guys trying to get this stuff in Canada too, by the way. And they said no. They said Rick no. is just out there fighting for your snack and rights. Liam, best snack and bevy <laughs> really combo am. for an Oilers game at home. Um, I actually never eat during an Oilers game because I walk around too much. Do you really? You're, you're pacing? They stress me out so much. My intermissions, room, buddy. Intermissions. I But if I had to pick something, I'd probably just go with like a nice chicken wing. Yeah, Maybe that's classic. not quite a snack, but... Chicken wing and a really cold can of Coke. 
Oh, there you go. The that's classics. Nice. There you go. Nation Dan. Well, I got turned on to them by the uh, by the folks at the Crash Hotel, and I haven't stopped since then. It's a uh, Moscow Mule. Love my mules. Oh yeah, for those games. are good. That's uh, that's my go-to. And then for snacks, it's always ketchup chips. I just I'm a Canadian I just murdered a bag day. of those last night. <laughs> uh, the loads of ketchup chips. Thank you very much, Superstore. I am going to say a nice, nice cold nation beer. Crack one of those open Smart, at the beginning of like the it. period. Get one of those. Okay. Liquorconnect.com if you want to find out The rest of us are just those. like, products that we don't sell. <laughs> <laughs> Product that we don't sell. Uh, yeah, nice cold nation beer. And I like the wings pick. I'm a big chips guy, though. I will crush. My problem with chips is if I buy a family bag of chips, that is a, I'm a family of one, and I will <laughs> call yeah, yeah. So I you guess You got to kill a, the whole bag at once. I mean, what are we doing here? Soldier behind. What are we doing here? Stress eating half the time, though, for all those games. Well, that's the thing is you stress eating, all of a sudden you're like, oh, that was a giant bag of Doritos I just killed. Whoopsies. But I dig it. I'm with Liam there, man. There's definitely, I do a lot of standing up and like sitting on the coffee table and stuff. So uh, especially in the second and third period, most of my eating is done uh, in intermissions or before the game. So you got to think of some quick items. You can't be whipping up a charcuterie board here between or, periods. Or you or can. You order, can. Or you can order from Buster Pizza. Of course. Buster's yeah. Pizza is the perfect snack for any game day. There but you, you always look down when you're biting, guys, and you miss the game. That's the thing. That's, no, that's I do, I'm going to do the thing where I flip the hoodie around and I fill the hood just with popcorn or other <laughs> kind of things, and I just dump well, yeah, my like head the, like in the, the like horses have as a feeder as they walk through yeah. Grand Central Park or whatever. Yeah, I think I that's the move. My eating is just like the old straw in the cup tri- trick, Rick. You just kind of mash it into your face <laughs> until you get it in the hole. It all works. <laughs> it all works. Uh, that's not going to get saved at all. Uh, Survey of Brett with that one. Brett's already in, yeah. Uh, next question for Ask the Idiots for our friends at Buster's Pizza. Would Jay Woodcroft, as and we've covered some of this a little bit now that I'm looking at the questions again, would Jay Woodcroft as the head coach, do we see more of Skinner do we see more of Marodi? So I guess it's a two-part question, Dan. I say no on Marodi. I just don't think that we've kind of, we've we, like you said, Beg Milk, we kind of covered it the whole time here. Like, who do you take out for a Marodi when you already have a Malone now on an NHL contract and you've got <laughs> you've got uh, tourists in the God shores? God bless you and, for always being yes. on brand. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, you know, so yeah, I mean, I, I don't think you see Marodi, but I do, I do believe we're going to see probably half of Skinner, honestly, by the end of it. Liam, what do you think? Do you see more Skinner? Yes or no? Do you see more Marodi? Yes or no? I just don't know how you're going to play Skinner so often. Because you have to play Smith and Koskinen, right? Like they're well, but is look, Mike Smith healthy? That, I guess you factor that in for sure. Like He looked like he injured himself against Chicago. Like Every time he makes a save, he looks like he might not get up. He's like. flailing like Hasek in the 90s <laughs> style right now, too. I guess I'll go. I think we'll see more Marodi than Skinner. Just because I think eventually, like... I feel like Brad Malone is only here, not because Woodcroft wants him here, but because he was going to get called up and then he got COVID and they just kind of honored that they were going to do that for him. Plus the injuries kind of factor in as well. But yeah, I just think Marodi's kind of the guy, especially if if Torres isn't around too, like maybe that kind of ignites Marodi to come up. Rick, what do you think? More Skinner? Yes, no. More Marodi? Yes, no. Yeah, I think you're going to see more Skinner. yeah, I just see the the goaltending situation kind of being dealt with sooner rather than later right now um, in terms of doing something with Koskinen and maybe moving him out or something. Uh, I don't think you're going to see Marodi at all. I know we have talked about Malone, but uh, everyone's kind of skipped over the fact that uh, 
with Cassian going down, I think that kind of elevates or escalates um, Holloway's uh, timeline time to get here too. So once to Holloway gets here, Brad Malone's not going to see the ice. Turris, his last game is already played. Shots fired. Um, unfortunately, yeah, unfortunately, Brad Malone I take think, a uh, <laughs> Perlini might be in trouble at that point. Uh, it's going to be like per- per- Perlini and Benson versus like. Um, uh, uh, Shore and Ryan, really. Those are the four guys who could be looking to play between the two spots left over. I'll wrap it up. I think we see more Skinner, but I uh, don't necessarily think that is because that's the plan. But I think. Do you run? Would you run three? Would you keep three up here? That's what I was wondering. Worked for us. The old Mike Morrison style? Well, I didn't say I didn't say <laughs> pop a guy in just for the shootout, <laughs> but you know maybe roll maybe roll three guys on the roster because taxi squads are gone um, now, right? Yes, yep. taxi yeah, squads I'll are gone. them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, but I like, think, but Stu had it. Stu had Stu had COVID, correct? Yes, yeah, he had it early. So therefore, early. he doesn't be, have to be tested. So he should be able to go up and down with no problems, I believe. Correct? Well, I, I'm, I'm not, not sure if anybody here is no 100 sure, but but I, if but, you haven't, if you know, if you haven't, if if you had it, you don't get tested for the next 180 days, which means you should be able to uh, come north of the border anytime you want. So maybe they don't run with um, with the three goaltenders and they run with the extra defenseman because that's obviously an issue too. I think when the Oilers are done in LA on Tuesday, Stuart Skinner isn't back on the plane to Edmonton. I think he'll stay in Bakersfield and they'll just kind of run with Koskinen and Smith for a while and actually see if the two of them can do anything today. Because really we haven't seen they both haven't of them play at, at all. all this season. Wow. Like maybe... Yeah. They can kind of get a bit of mojo together, and we're not going to see Koskinen play five games in a row, and Smith isn't going to play back-to-back games, or in this case, back-to-back-to-back games. Yeah. I just don't think it's... Like, maybe I'm just too optimistic, or maybe I'm just a complete idiot about this, but I just don't know. <laughs> it's gonna yeah. be, this is Ask the Idiots, after all. <laughs> True. Yes. I just don't think it's as bad as it seems, which seems really dumb, but no. also Mike Smith has been injured a ton. He's 39. He was really, really good last season. Mm-hmm. Really good. Mm-hmm. Did he play way better than he should have? A hundred percent. Mike's uh, Miko Koskinen's been good the last well that stretch right before the All Star game. Yep. He was good. Yep. Like it's not too crazy to assume these two goalies can be good enough until we get to the trade deadline, then maybe something happens there. But hopefully not good enough yep. that Ken Holland thinks that it's fixed and now he doesn't have to do something. I just think that's the problem that I have. Yeah, that could be something. And I think we, you know, we, we, we're going from one coach that trusted a bunch of veterans and this coach is naturally going to trust the people he's going to trust and you're right. I yeah. mean, who knows, right? But I guess my thing is, is just, I believe that he trusts Skinner more than he trusts the other I, two. I agree. Based off I of do as well. the stuff that he's gotten and the information he's gotten. But yeah, you're right. That LA Kings game is a, is a perfect point to be able to just leave Skinner down in Baco and, and mm. move on. But we'll see. Last question for Ask the Idiots. Last weekend, it was All-Star Weekend in the NHL. This one comes in. What adjustments would you make to All-Star Weekend? I'm going to shifted a little bit because this was on my list anyway i want to talk specifically about the skills competition what changes would you make to the skills competition whether it's adding an event or changing an event or whatever you're thinking rick it seems like you got an answer already what what changes are you making in the skills comp the fastest skater i'm done with this in this uh this little tight turn they do um, it's no fun. It's actually kind of dangerous. They're losing speed. It doesn't really show you how fast these guys are. I want a straightaway 200 meter go. 
<laughs> straight lines and just skate it out just like uh, just like you would Drag on a 400-meter track. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's go. I, I'm done with the turns. Let's just see. We've seen Connor get up to, what, 36 kilometers an hour. Um, that's with, like, four strides. Like, you watch these guys, man. They come out of the turn, and they're, like, five strides, and they're slowing down again. I want to see what he can do. Let's get him up to full speed. Let's go on a straight drag race, and let's go 200 meters, 150. Shit, I don't care. 100. Let's just see him go one straight line and reach your max speed. They should Neat. have froze a strip. That'd be cool. Just yeah, man. Down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would have been unreal. That would have been super cool. Yeah. Is this where we're supposed to give our kind of our new thing that we want to do for the All Star Game? Or? Yeah, okay. we'll, yeah. We'll just. I'm just. So, cha- I'm changing the question a little bit. So I kind of. I, I take what Rick has got for an idea there, and I, I've taken it even further. I think that the All Star Game needs to be separated from the Super Skills competition altogether. I think that the Super Skills competition should be something that constantly rolls over throughout the entire year. And to Rick's point, I think it's something that happens maybe in Calgary at the Olympic training center where they have the oval. So you have that Ottawa. You could do it on the rivers or, or Ottawa at the canal. Yeah. But, but it's a demonstration where where all these there's, there's, (laughs) to me, there's players that are marked. There's marked for the skills competition. And then there's players that are marked for the all-star game. And, and those can be two very different things. Some guys are going to go to both, but the skills competition should actually be the players that are actually good at the skill that they're doing. Not just because they're in the all-star game. Then before that happens, every team has to hold their own, just like they did when we were kids. Yes, and they did yep. the skills competition. And I think it was Brett Howard had a bomb for slap shots from us, and I think he actually got a goal one time because the guy could shoot the puck so hard. Because I think that I do believe that the league has something really special in the super skills competition. I just don't think they do enough with it, especially this year where they tried to shoehorn in a bunch of. Wacky. I like the one that they did in the fountains. I didn't mind it, except that they affected the entire outcome of the rest of the super skills competition by having to pre-record the the earlier parts of the competition, mm-hmm. and so it it just it becomes this disjointed mess. Whereas it could be something really special where you have the fastest skaters racing each other and you have the hardest shooters shooting the puck together. And, and, it, and it's an actual event and it's actually a display of these guys' skills as opposed to just you're a really popular player and so you're going to show up at the skills competition. Liam, How was Timo Meyer in it? Yeah, that was a like... Yeah. Well, and that's yeah, the thing. Yeah, yeah, Timo yeah. Meyer can be in the All Star Game as a replacement. That makes sense. But you don't have to. Oh force yeah, no, him no. I, I just meant. Uh, sorry, I, I should have. Re- I should have referenced the fact he was in the, uh, the the hardest lap shot. Oh yes, and that's exactly it. And that's another. That's a whole thing with the when the All Star Game. I do agree with the All Star Game should have representative from every team. I think that that's yeah, it's a marketing, that's a marketing play. But that's where the issue comes in is because you have that super skills competition, and all of a sudden Timo Meyer or Tom Wilson have to come up with a super skill. To be able to that all star weekend, all star weekend is when you get your uh, every team is yeah. is represented yep. somehow. This way, you can do your you know your six best slap shots who have exactly. all done them in their own rinks throughout the season. Yep, Liam, what what are you changing in the skills comp? Yeah, I would kind of go with what Dan said. That's what I was going to say. Like the NBA does an unreal job yep. of getting the best players to do those things. Like the dunk contest every year is unbelievable, and yeah, you can, it's like, always fun. Make these names from it. But you never get the best ones. It's so annoying now, right? You watch Vince Carter back when he was the best at it, and he was always in it. The whole world is like begged LeBron to do, and he's always like, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, but I think Le- that I would love to see LeBron in it. Like, I love the NBA, but like two, se- what was it, two or three years ago when we had Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine go at it in a dunk contest for like however long they did it. It was unreal. And you had Nate Robinson, who was tiny, somehow doing his dunk contest every year. Like, it's just how you brand 
one, the teams and also the players and like what they become known. Like Dwight Howard is Superman. And like he wore that cape and the shirt in that dunk contest. Like you can build something. But I think those that. guys take those 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 dunks a little more seriously and put a little more creativity into it than most NHLers do with a breakaway competition. But because that it means not as egress. Those are those are kind of yeah. similar. Um well, and that's obviously because, the Zgrass. The Zgrass thing was super dope. I love that. Like, yeah, that was. Cool. I don't know if you could see or not. That regardless, whatever. That was super cool. Um, but a lot of guys come out. You know, you drop to like the uh, the mini sticks or something like yeah. that. Yeah, just kind of have a little Canadian, fun with it, not trying yeah. to do the goal, not trying to score the goal. Yeah, well, well and that's and I, I think that's where the the NHL tried to kind of take a little piece from the NBA, and it just didn't mm-hmm. quite land. I'm going to wrap it up by saying the goalie has to try too. I bet. Yeah. The goalies look like they were just yard sailing all over the place. Like there's, <laughs> there's two things the that I want to see. One event is I want to see players play as goal and you know, Victor Hedman won the hardest shot this year. I'd like to see Victor Hedman shooting on forwards that are in net just to see how it works. I'd like to see how that goes. That could be a new event. I'd also like to bring in just a regular guy that plays beer league or just out with his buddies on Wednesdays and throw some of them in the mix. First of all, think of how cool it would be if you won the right to be in the fastest skater and you go up right before Connor McDavid and he's just like, man, I am gassed because he has got this sweet gut or something. And then on the flip side, maybe you got a guy in the hardest shot contest. who's like, here's old fucking Tucker from grand Prairie. And he just bombs one. And you're like, Whoa, it would be the best. If you ever watched pros versus Joe's back in the day, that show was legit good. And I would love nothing more than just to it's man. This is a marketing event. It's for kids. Those throw Joes were actually guy. pretty talented for what they were doing back then, though. But that's what I mean. Like, throw a guy who's like, not, I'm not just talking about some schlub who won a fucking yeah. pass on the <laughs> strip. I'm talking about a guy who is Div leading seven. the league, Div 7. He's got dangles, and now he is in the breakaway contest. I've got a random little <laughs> add-on to that one, Bag Milk. What if you, at, at one at random, one of those people is a person that shit-talked? one of these players at the last event. And well, that's for, another, kind of forgot about it, right? That's another thing that I'd like to see too is I'd like to see more players mic'd up an event like that, especially somebody like, I know he just got suspended for being a fucking shithead again, but <laughs> like a guy like Brad Marchand, if he was mic'd up and chirping people throughout the weekend and he knows he's on TV, so he's going to do it in an appropriate fashion. I think that would probably be pretty fun too. Yeah. Saying that when he was on TNT the other day, he did swear. Yeah, he's pretty sure he dropped. Oh, (laughs) he was talking about like how they accidentally swear on the mics and say shit like that. Oh, oh, I actually said it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I hope nobody died as a result of hearing them say shit on TV. All right, if you have adjustments to the All Star Game you'd want to make or see. If you don't like my idea, well, first of all, you're wrong, but I want to hear from you anyway. Hit us up, Owen Radio Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Liam. Sorry, I have one more really quickly. Yes. They should bring back the fantasy draft. Yeah, I, I agree. Fantasy awesome. draft is good. It gave an extra day to the weekend. I think it just showed more personality to the players who wow. everyone just assumes. Like when Phil Kessel anyway. got picked last, everybody's having a good time. Yeah, with it. and when Ovechkin was like, don't pick me, I want the car. Like, that was awesome. <laughs> yeah. And then it just disappeared. And yeah, like, I agree. No, that was actually pretty fun. Or like some kind of sticks in the middle situation yeah. as well would be fun. I don't know. Dude, sticks in the middle would be the craziest thing for is doing three on three. Just toss sticks in the middle, man. That's yeah. how you get her done. Or if you want to bring in like your average Joe, like maybe make like two lucky fans a captain and they pick the teams. Yeah, that yeah, that'd, that'd be, be cool really too. Cool. I think it'd be a different way of just proceeding through the weekend if you had some fan experiences like that. All of a sudden, like you said, you got two guys picking teams. It'd be unreal. They've got no allegiances like 
between players outside of their favorites, right? Yeah. So it's like they don't care about the friendships or anything like that. You get like a fan from every single team, and then you just like pull names out of a hat, and like you two are the captains, you two are the captains. Mm-hmm. There you go. Sticks in the middle, boys. Let's do it for next next year. And I want to see Tucker from Grand Prairie in there and fucking <laughs> some of those some of those events as well. All right, Liam, it is time to get the buttons ready. We are looking at the hot and cold performers of the week. If you go to deucevodka.com, you will see Brett Kissel there. You will also see a find in-store button right beside it. That is how you find Deuce Vodka. That is how you get your hands on a bottle, provided that you are of legal drinking age. As we do every week, we start off with our veggies, looking at the cold performers of the week for the last seven days. It can be about sports. It can be about life. It can be about whatever you want. I'm just killing a little bit. Of t- you want to give her a test there, Liam? Oh, that's cold. There we go. We got the right button bar. Dan, I'm going to start off with you. Your Deuce Vodka Cold Performer of the Week. My Deuce Vodka Cold Performer of the Week is going to go to the company. It's just, it's just, it happens every time we do this. Every time we have an Olympic Games, somebody speaks up and says something stupid. And it just happened to be the Toronto Star this time. You Toronto Star, you're going to get my Cold Performer of the Week for saying that women don't belong in hockey at the Olympics because the Canadians are too good at it. Toronto Star, you get my cold performer of the week. Are you thrilled? I'm not. Yeah, it was a weird take to put out there. It just it happens every year, and it's it, it's just basically a question of who's the idiot that's going to stand up this time. And it was the Toronto Star this time. Liam, your Deuce Vodka cold performer of the week. Um, I'm going to give my Deuce Vodka cold performer of the week. People might not like this one, but I'm going to go with the people who complained about the food that wasn't going to be there at Roger's place. (laughs) (laughs) How unreasonable is it for people to think that food's just going to be there after they had no heads up that this was going to happen? It's like, oh, I hope they've been freezing pizzas for the last six weeks for it to be prepared. So that's mine. Oh, that's cold. Rick, you're a juice vodka cold performer of the week. Yeah, I feel those guys over there. I know it's like to kind of have to turn the switch back on in 12 hours and doing it for 19,000 people. That's got to be one hell of an issue to try and deal with. So I feel sorry for those guys over there. But uh, I'm going to take it over to a different sport. Um, We have an issue with Hall of Fame voting in baseball, and I think Mm -hmm. we have one in the NFL as well. You have a, he was he was a little bit undersized as a linebacker, but he was one of the best linebackers out there of all time. And Zach Thomas has been looked over again. For the Hall of Fame, um, I honestly, I, I don't get it. You're not, you're not big enough. I, the stats are there. Then what the guy did on the field was incredible, and I think he deserves a little more respect. So it's going to go to the Hall of Fame voters in the NFL. It's time to give Zach Thomas that spot that he rightly deserves in the Hall of Fame. I'm upset. I am going to bring it back to the Oilers. My Deuce Vodka Cole performer of the week is the special teams. The PK is struggling. The power play looks nothing like what we got in October. These are fixable problems, but right now the special teams are not contributing to wins as much as we need them to. And I think that's an issue. So there's my Deuce Vodka Cold Form of the Week. You're as cold as ice. Ooh, I like that button. I forgot that was on there. So aggressive. All right, flipping the, flipping the ledger. Let's end off the podcast. Let's end off our week with some high notes. We are going to look at the Deuce Vodka hot performer of the week. I see Liam checking his notes over there. I like that you have notes, by the way. You are the most prepared person on this podcast by far. And all I have is three lines and a bunch of scores. <laughs> <laughs> Your Deuce Vodka hot performer of the week. The Canadian women, they are dominating at the Olympics, as probably expected. 
But big win against the U.S. the other night. <laughs> here, here are the scores. 11-0-12-1-11-1-6-1-4-2. I think it's fair to say they are very... Feeling hot, hot, hot. Feeling hot, hot, hot. Yes, they are, Michael Scott. Yes, they are. Nation Dan, your Deuce Vodka Hot Performer of the Week. My Deuce Vodka Hot Performer of the Week is going to come as no surprise to anyone for earning another NHL contract. <laughs> it's one Brad Malone. Welcome to the welcome back to the Edmonton Oilers. You're going to get to play your 200th NHL game very soon, I hope. And so congratulations to Brad Malone. You're my Deuce Vodka Hot Performer of the Week. It's getting hot in here. Also, shout out to Brad Malone. I just Googled him because I was curious about that stat. OilersNation.com, the article I wrote, the newser. Number one on Google News, so shout out to me. Um, Rick, your Deuce Vodka Hot Performer of the Week. Uh, I'm going to start off this uh, this new era and this new regime with a little positivity, so I'm just going to give it to the organization for making this coaching change as much needed, and I believe they actually went and took the right guy. I think it's a little bit um, tough for uh, people of a certain age to uh, to look at the younger generation and and kind of put your your life in, in their hands, and it's kind of easier to go with uh, what you know. And I don't think that's that's where sports are going right now, as you see it in other leagues, that the, the younger guys are starting to take over, and that's, uh, we finally, I think, took a, a step in the right direction, bringing in um, Woody and Dave Manson. So I'm just going to give it to uh, whoever is involved with making that decision and uh, sending – tip on his way out and bringing in the new regime uh it's uh it's a good day and let's uh let's get her going tonight i will tag on to what rick said my deuce vodka hot performer of the week is the start of the jay woodcroft season it is now time for him to get the opportunity that he wanted and uh dan pointed something out to me that we're gonna get to that i'll give myself a deuce vodka cold performer for not awarding a winner in the buster's pizza ass idiots giveaway but my hot performer first is jay woodcroft gets the chance to start his career as an nhl head coach i think he's earned it i think he has done a very good job with the farm team and i like that the oilers didn't develop this guy as a coach only to have him leave somewhere else you know, I'm glad he's getting his first chance here. So to Jay Woodcroft, we salute you, sir. You're my hot performer of the week. He's a hot guy. Yes, he is, Liam. Yes, he is. All right. Back to Ask the Idiots because I forgot to give out a GC. So my friend Nation Dan here has got a hat full of entries for everybody that sent in their questions. If you want a chance to win the gift card from Buster's Pizza, all you got to do is DM me a question. Easy, right? Easy. Dan, who you got? If we remember to give it away. Of course. <laughs> uh, Stellan. Stellan. That question was uh, from Stellan is with Jay Woodcroft as the head coach. Do we see more of Stuart Skinner? Yes or no? Or Cooper Marody? Yes or no? So congratulations. I will reach out to you after the podcast, get some details, and we will get you a Buster's Pizza GC after I wrap here. I've got your name in my hand right now, so I promise I will do that today. Um, as we wrap up, I just want to say thank you again to DoorDash, Oodle Noodle, Cornerstone Insurance, Deuce Vodka, and Buster's Pizza. We appreciate you greatly. Thank you for helping us and supporting us on this podcast. I also want to thank Liam sitting in here for the last couple of weeks while Tyler is avoiding the grind down south. That's what he does. So Liam has to clean up. What's he doing right now? He's in Phoenix. He's, He's going a- golfing, I think, today. Oh, wow. <laughs> 
good life. <laughs> yeah, avoiding the grind is a good life. So shout out to Tyler. I hope you had a great vacation. I saw that we were up. We had him up on our Zoom call just in case he wanted to pop in, but there was no such pop in today. So uh, an extra Deuce Vodka cold performer goes out to Tyler Uramchuk. And if people would like to avoid their own grind, they now have that opportunity bag milk. Just went live yesterday. The ability to purchase your tickets to come join us in Nashville mm -hmm. from April the 12th to Ooh. 16th on the newest nation vacation going to a brand new destination. Dan, where do people get tickets and information for such a trip? All they have to do is head to any one of our channels, either the website or there's nation.com or any one of our social media channels. It's in the link in our bio on Twitter or no on Instagram. And then it's on Facebook as well. So yeah, Twitter, Facebook or Instagram or as well, or there's nation.com. Get in on that trip, everybody. It'll be a good time from all of us. This is Oilers Nation Radio, episode 179. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Have a good weekend, everybody. Shout out, Ben. Thanks for listening to Oilers Nation Radio, delivered by DoorDash. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button and give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.